Hi, we are up to Genesis 49, and this is one of the most interesting. I probably say that in every video, do I? Do I say that they're all very interesting? <laughs> I, I do like the book of Genesis. The Bible has to be the most fascinating book in all of humanity. There's, this is the book that's so hyperlinked. So many bits connect with so many other bits, but we get to Genesis 49, and we've got the prophecies of Jacob. You know, people, we don't often think of Jacob as a prophet, but he's a prophet. And we're going to read right now some of the things he says. So Jacob called to his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which will happen to you in the days to come. Assemble yourselves and hear, you sons of Jacob. Listen to Israel, your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the preeminence of dignity and the preeminence of power. Boiling over as water, you shall not have preeminence, because you went up onto your father's bed and defiled it. He went up to my couch. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Weapons of violence are their swords. My soul, don't come into their counsel. My glory, don't be united to their assembly, for in their anger they killed a man. In their self-will they hamstrung an ox. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce. Their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob, scatter them in Israel. In Israel. Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stooped down. He couched as a lion, as a lioness. Who will rouse him up? The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh comes. To him will the obedience of the peoples be. Binding his foal to the vine, his donkey's colt to the choice vine, he has washed his garments in wine his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes will be red with wine, his teeth white with milk. Zebulun will dwell at the haven of the sea. He will be a haven of ships. His border will be on Sidon. Issachar is a strong donkey, couching down between the sheepfolds. He saw a resting place, that it was good, the land, that it was pleasant. He bowed his shoulder to bear, and became a servant doing forced labor. Dan will judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan will be a serpent in the way, an adder in the path that bites the horse's heels so that the rider will fall backwards. I have waited for your salvation, Yahweh. Gad, a troop will press on him, but he will press on their heel. Out of Asher, his bread will be fat he will yield royal dainties. Naphtali is a doe set free who bears beautiful fawns. Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a spring. His branches run over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved him, shot at him and persecute him, but his bow abode in strength. The arms of his hand were made strong. By the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, from there is a shepherd, the stone of Israel. Even by the God of your father who will help you, by the Almighty who will bless you, with blessings of heaven above, 
Blessings of the deep that couches beneath, blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of your father have prevailed above the blessings of the ancient mountains than the bounty of the age-old hills. They will be on the head of Joseph, on the head of him who is separated from his brothers. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. In the morning she will devour the prey. At the evening he will divide the spoil. All these are the twelve tribes of Israel, and this is what their father spoke to them and blessed them. He blessed everyone according to his blessing. He charged them and said to them, I am to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with, with the field from Ephron the Hittite for the possession of a burying place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. And there I buried Leah. The field and the cave that is therein, which was purchased from the children of Heth. When Jacob made his end of charging his sons, he gathered up his feet into the bed and yielded up his spirit and was gathered to his people. This chapter describes the, the death of Jacob and the things he said in his dying moments. We had a, a pastor here in our city a dear, dear man, and um, he um, he was on dialysis for quite a few years. He, he could have opted to not have dialysis and could have died young, but for the sake of his family, he went on dialysis for many years so that he could spend the remaining years of his life ministering to his kids and his grandkids, in some cases, great-grandkids. And he also ministered to the operator who ran his dialysis machine. But there came a moment when he was elderly and frail and he knew he was going to be, he's going to pass away in a few days and he called the, the grandkids and the kids to him and he had words with them all. <laughs> and some of the words were encouraging, but some of the words were direct. And there's something very powerful about those, those final moments. And you know, that, that dear brother, he spoke directly to them and he said things to some of these grandkids. He said, listen to your mother you know, and do this. And he gave them commands, all very powerful. We should do that more. But here we've got Jacob on his deathbed and he's blessing them, but also prophesying. Some of the, the blessings don't seem very, they're not much like blessings to us. You know, like that first blessing with Reuben, where he says, you know, you were the first sign of my strength, but strength will be taken from you because you went onto my bed and defiled it. We've talked about what Reuben did earlier. And um, then the next two sons, you know, Simeon and Levi, they dishonor their father as well in other ways. And so it ends up being that the fourth son becomes kind of like the firstborn. I mean, we talked in the last chapter of how Joseph became the actual firstborn, getting the double portion, but Judah becomes like kind of the firstborn and the blessings get spoken over Judah and the blessings are incredible. And he says over Judah, he says that the scepter shall not depart from Judah. And here, um, Jacob is prophesying about Jesus Christ. We know that much later in the kingdom of Israel, you know, the first king is Saul from the tribe of Benjamin, but he displeases God. But then King David comes from the tribe of Judah. And so the king that was prophesied, you know, this is from the tribe of Judah. And then there's a royal line of kings right down from David all the way down to 
Jesus Christ. And when we get to, and of course, David was told by the Lord that your kingdom will be an eternal kingdom. And when we get to Christ, we now see how that could happen because Jesus Christ is the King of Kings. And when he conquered Satan, he took back all authority and power and dominion. And Jesus himself said that he had come to establish a kingdom. And you know, that's the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And we're in it, we're the subjects. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's ruling right now in his kingdom. It's not a physical kingdom. He's not coming to sit on a physical throne. No, it, we're in the kingdom. This is the kingdom right now. Jesus said that the kingdom is among you. So in the days that Jesus was walking on earth, the kingdom was already commencing. And um, so these are the things. And so we have a prophecy from Jacob, you know, a long, long, you know, we, ad we admire the prophecies of Isaiah that talk about Christ, but here we've got Jacob prophesying of Jesus Christ. The scepter will not depart, will never depart from the tribe of Judah. I think these things are incredible. You should go and reread this chapter 49 and read the section on Judah thinking about Christ. He talks about the, the, uh, it'd be Judah being like a lion. And we know that Jesus is the lion of Judah. <laughs> there's quite a few little analogies here in this blessing of Judah that speak to us of Christ. Then he talks about Dan. And he says, Dan is going to be the the snake on the path that rides up and bites the, the, the horse on the back of the leg and the rider falls off. In other words, there's something about Dan that's going to cause people to fall. And um, later on in the history of Israel, the tribe of Dan does this. What happens is there's a nasty King Jeroboam, and we'll talk about this when we get to, um, actually, even before that, before that, um, there was a, the tribe of Dan, you know, they were way up north. They were the furthest patch of land away from, you know, where Shiloh went. They were, they were far away from where the temple and the practices were. And they decided to set up their own houses of worship and their own high places a long, long time in, early in the history. And they were actually a source of stumbling for many people because people weren't looking at the Lord, they were looking to other things. But then the wicked King Jeroboam came along, which we'll talk about when we get to the Book of Kings. And he built these two golden calves. And he, it was a political decision, but he wanted people not to go to Jerusalem because that was by this point in a separate country. Israel and Judah had become two different countries. He didn't want them going to Judah. He wanted them to stay in Israel. So he set up alternative options for worship. And one of them was in the northern tribe of Dan and that these two golden calves caused the whole nation of Israel to stumble. Literally, they were going down a path and the, 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 they fell off their horse and the whole 10 tribes of Israel stumbled and did not recover. And the nation of Dan was a big part of that. And here we've got Jacob prophesying as such. So I guess we and of course, there's various things said about all the tribes. Some of these boys are like quite elderly. You know, Jacob is 147 when he's prophesying this. So these boys are going to be in their 70s and their 80s when they're receiving these prophecies. So that's quite aged at this point. And we haven't gone into all of the different ones, but we can see that, you know, some of the sons had had blessings that were real blessings and, they, and good things were in their futures. Some of the sons their blessings weren't such. And it, it reminds us that we need to walk with Christ. 
we need to be people who who you know consider our futures and what's going to happen to our children and, and our grandchildren and things beyond us and we need to have grace lord we need grace and i thank you lord that in this passage where jacob blesses the boys that we see christ in there the redeemer of all mankind and i thank you that we have been redeemed thank you we've been washed free and yet lord help us to also be people who walk in redemption walk in righteousness and know the love of god help this love and blessing to flow through us so that our our futures and our children and and the people we influence might be blessed might have blessing not be like reuben or dan or some of these others that had their hearts set on other things in jesus name